What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Lakers Outsiders podcast and stream. I am your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. Uh, apologize for the uh, the break that we we went on. Hani and I both went to Cancun. It was very nice, and we enjoyed <laughs> some time away. Uh, Jacob Jacob Rude joins me today again. Uh, Jacob, last time we were on this, we kind of talked a lot about free agency and kind of some of the Lakers' own free agents, and uh, there's a lot of them because right now the Lakers have I think five players on the roster. So uh, there's there's a lot of work <laughs> to be done here in the next uh, few days or so. I am upset that I was not invited to the retreat to Cancun that everybody apparently <laughs> oh, went to. I, I told Hani, I was like, make sure to uh, invite Jacob along. Yeah, he yeah. Just it, it, forgot. I, I just moved. Maybe it got lost in the mail. Like, <laughs> I, I guess that's probably what happened. Yeah, uh, I would imagine everything we talked about in the last podcast is probably thrown out the window because <laughs> we didn't have Russell Westbrook. And, uh, yeah, we have – five guys on the roster right now i that just trying to wrap my head around how we're going to the lakers are going to do this roster building right now is wild um but yeah it's it's exciting i'm excited for us man like he his he's a player who's like uh strengths and weaknesses are both really loud um and for better or for worse he's gonna make for a very interesting season yeah, to say the least. I mean, at, at the very least, this team is going to be uh, explosive and and fun. I mean, Staples Center. Hopefully, we can you know get fans back in in the building and, and fill that stadium up again um, because it's going to be really entertaining and really really fun to to watch. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, not officially yet, but uh, in theory, I guess or for lack of a better term, is going to be a Los Angeles Laker, which honestly feels like a long time coming. Like I feel like he's been linked to the Lakers so much because he is from L.A., went to UCLA, and it just felt like there's so many times where it was like, okay, the Lakers you know, are going to go after Russell Westbrook. And it sounds like LeBron James and Anthony Davis really helped get this done and, and an assist from Russell Westbrook, who also reportedly told the Wizards front office that, hey, if, if you can find a deal, please send me to the Lakers. Um, and this comes after LeBron, AD, and Russ all reportedly met and kind of went over how it would work. And um, sounds like Anthony Davis is willing to play the five more this season, which is a good thing for the Lakers, assuming uh, it doesn't really hamper him physically um, because playing the five is quite a bit different than, than playing the four, even in today's era of mm-hmm. small ball and all that stuff. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's a huge, huge move. It's a huge shift in, in power and how the team is kind of built. Um, and we'll have to see, you know, I've seen way too many people with Russ, th- this trade jump to, to wild conclusions. Right. And like, I get it with Russell Westbrook. He is not, a perfect player. He has some severe flaws in his game, but he's also a really, really good player. Like, obviously, the shooting, uh, the shot selection, stuff like that, can be uh, very rough, um, especially for a team that we just saw lose, you know, in the playoffs in the first round because they couldn't hit shots. And so you add Russell Westbrook, who can struggle quite a bit uh, with with that aspect of the game. But man, a lot of people are really emphasizing that and ignoring all the good things that he is going to bring to the table to this team and and Jacob and uh, I was going to plug this when I introduced you and I forgot but Jacob you can find his work over at uh, Silver Screen and Roll now you uh, actually kind of wrote about Russ uh, joining the the Lakers and, and kind of all the the different dynamics and stuff so I'm just going to throw it to you and kind of your thoughts on how he fits with uh, LeBron with AD because we can't really assume too much yet about the rest of the roster we assume the Lakers will probably target some shooters um, to help provide some spacing for these guys to work but um, I'm curious your, your just your thoughts overall on on his his fit with uh, the other two uh, major pieces in that that big three yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of my post wasn't necessarily focused on the on-court stuff, which, I mean, I'll talk about. I There was just so much more on that that mm-hmm. you could dive into, and that's what we'll spend probably all this offseason talking about. Um, a lot of what my discussion was was more kind of from a roster-building standpoint. Um, admittedly, I thought the only way Russ was going to leave is if Beal wanted out. Um, and 
ironically, Beal wanted to stay, and it was Russ that asked for a trade. Um, so that part was was different. Um, but I think this is still, I think, a star-driven league. Mm-hmm. Um, you can debate, I guess, to what degree Russ is still a star. I think he still is. Um, he's certainly not as good as he was at OKC. Um, but I watched a handful of those Wizards games. Um, the Hornets, when I covered them last season, played them a couple times down the stretch. And when they had to win games, um, it was Russ who, the way he can just impose himself on a basketball game is not, is something not a lot of guys can do in the league. Um, there are a lot of stars who can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, again, a lot of a lot of what we're going to say about Russ is for better or for worse. Um, but for better or for worse, like, he's never going to be quiet during a game. Like, um, he's going to keep fighting. And there were, like, the final day of the regular season, the Wizards had to win against the Hornets to make the playing game uh and they did because russ just willed that team Mm -hmm. um to a victory there in the second half he just decided like nobody can stay in front of me i'm just driving to the rim every time down the court i'm getting to the line and we're gonna win this game and they won the game um so it's stuff like that um, that I think will make a, a, a big difference for this team. Um, we saw, I think the other thing, obviously I, I'm not, I don't have intel on this, but to me I think one of the things that was also the kind of nail in the coffin for the way that Lakers team was built last year is when uh, AD went down with injury, the Lakers needed people to step up. Nobody stepped up in the playoffs. Like, there wasn't... I had this discussion earlier in the week. I don't know that there was a role player that stepped up, period. Um, Maybe Wes. I thought he played decently, but he still shot terribly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think seeing all those guys just kind of... I don't want to – the moment just felt too big for him at times, mm-hmm. and you're never going to get that with Russ. So um, the Lakers are kind of doubling down on what they think is going to win them a title, get another star, which is also always what they wanted to do. Like that was plan A with Kawhi was to get three stars, and then we were going to be in the same situation of not being able to make any kind of team basically. Um, but uh, – that's always been their plan A is to get three stars. So they're just kind of doubling down on this and doubling down on a lot of the strengths they had. This is going to be a physical team. It's going to get to the rim and it's going to have a lot of the traits that the team that won the title had, um, particularly offensively. Um, So it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is putting a lot of chips on the in the middle of the table for the Lakers because this is they don't have a lot of flexibility. Like this is the team that they're going to have that Russ LeBron AD is going to be their core for probably the next two seasons. So mm-hmm. um, they're putting everything into the middle of the table with this move. Yeah, and it's interesting because the three of those guys are going to make one hundred twenty million dollars next season. So this is still going to be an expensive roster. And I'm curious to see kind of how far into the tax the Lakers are willing to go because it's been a while since they've really had to, right? Uh, the 2020 title team wasn't overly expensive for a title team because they had the two max contracts. And then they had, you know, Danny Green at $15 million, which obviously isn't a max deal. And they had some, some good kind of bargain deals, uh, some minimum deals, stuff like that. Um, almost kind of some reclamation projects, really. Um, mm-hmm. like, like Dwight Howard, um, Avery Bradley, stuff like that. So, um, Rondo. Rondo, exactly. And, you know, so like you said, Jacob, they're, they're, 
idea or their their vision for this team has always been to get three stars. And there was the report that when LeBron signed on that he was do, doing so with, under the impression that Paul George was coming with him. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was reported back in, in 2018 when LeBron signed. And then the Lakers still had a bunch of young players and picks that they could have traded for Anthony Davis. So their big three could have been Paul George, LeBron, and AD. And then it's shifted to when Paul George stayed in Oklahoma City for another year to um, – like you said, Kawhi, LeBron, and AD. So th- their their vision, I think, has always been to get that third star, and they, they, they got him. And b- without even getting into some of the on-court stuff in terms of fit, I just – I love – like you said, Russ can just impose his will on a basketball game. Um, and another thing, too, is like with the Lakers last year – there were far too many times where they just kind of showed up and went through the motions, right? Like they had, I don't know if it was like a championship hangover or, or what it was, but they just kind of showed up and the effort just wasn't what it needed to be. It was almost like they understood how good they were and didn't take things seriously as much as they needed to. Um, I mean, hell, even in the playoff series, you know, in game three, I mean, they're clowning the 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 Suns, right? You know, they're, they're laughing at Jay Crowder. You've got Drummond mimicking LeBron. Um, about to you know post up and all this stuff like they to me that kind of showed that their mindset was we know we're better than these guys and then obviously you lose ad and then everything kind of spirals outside of that Um, so that was an issue with this team and you mentioned uh, the role players not stepping up and one thing that really stood out to me when you said that was remembering dennis schroeder scored zero points in, mm-hmm. in that game five. I think he was 0 of 9 in that game when he was asked to be the number two guy behind LeBron. Uh, he wasn't ready for it. And I think at that point, I think the Lakers were done with Dennis Schroeder at that point. Um, he, he had a decent second half in, in game six, or you know, he had some hustle plays and stuff like that. And KCP was good in uh, game six as well, I thought. Uh, and obviously, you know, I don't have anything really bad to say about KCP because to me he was their third best player on a playoff run for a championship. Um, so, you know, I don't really have anything like negative to say about the, the players that are going out, but I think Schroeder kind of sealed his fate in that game five. Um, you know, it's, it's just what I, what I thought about when you were bringing that up, but man, with Russ, you, you don't get these, these lapses in, in concentration and focus or intensity. Like this dude goes 110% all the time. And I think that's going to honestly be great for Anthony Davis because, I get it. Last last summer was a brutal offseason for the Lakers because they only got two months off and they were right back at it. I'm not even sure it was that long. Yeah, and like it was just uh, it was unprecedented. And Anthony Davis has a tendency, as great as he is, and as much as I love him, he has a tendency to kind of float and not be mm-hmm. fully engaged in some games. And I think with Russ, Russ is not going to be afraid to call out anybody. So Russ is going to be in his face if he's doing that. And I think we'll see a much more focused and rested Anthony Davis. I think that's going to help as well. And I I just, I love what he's going to do. Like all the intangible stuff about, you know, his intensity. He's a fierce competitor. He's hungry, obviously, for a championship. He hasn't gotten one. He's back home in L.A. All that stuff, I think, factors into a guy that's going to really want it. And I think the fact that, you know, everybody's talked about, oh, well, Russ hasn't changed the way he plays to this point in his career so why would he now i would say he hasn't played next to lebron james and anthony davis right like i was kind of thinking about i've been diving into like some film and stuff like that and i was like well he obviously hasn't played with a guy like anthony davis like like a big that can do the things that he can i think the closest would be Serge Ibaka back in his prime but you know prime Serge still isn't close to what anthony davis is now even though he used to be a very good player um, Kevin Durant, obviously an all-time great, unbelievable, one of the best scorers in NBA history, but di- totally different stylistically than LeBron James is, right? So, like, this this is just such a different role for Russ that we haven't seen him play, so I think it's just kind of unfair to really jump to any kind of conclusion that, oh, he can't fit with these two, um, because we haven't really seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet. We also don't know what the rest of the roster is going to look like. They have five players under contract. Um and, I mean, four of them could potentially be starters. I wouldn't be surprised if the starting lineup is almost set in stone um, once uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is re-signed because I would be shocked if he goes anywhere. The Lakers have uh, basically full rights on, on bringing him back. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts next to Russ uh, with with LeBron, AD, and, and Mark Gasol to start. Um, we'll see on we'll see on Mark Gasol. Uh, I don't know if he starts or not, but I could I could see that in theory, which would give the Lakers a, a little bit more spacing with with him and AD being able to stretch the floor. But um, let's let's dive into to Russ's on court fit because I think I mean we both agree that. And I think just about everybody agrees with his his mentality and his intensity and all that stuff, all the intangible stuff he's going to bring to this team. Um, because as fiery fiery as he is, he's a great teammate, right? Like there's so many teammates that have gone to bat for him, and you can tell the chemistry is there. And I think that's going to be a great thing for this team too, because the chemistry on last year's roster was not what it was two uh, two seasons ago. Now when the Lakers won the title, that team had so much chemistry. This year's team just seemed like they kind of had some, but it just wasn't the same that that we saw. So I think Russ is going to help that as as well. But as far as on court, um, I think the Lakers can be creative with Russell Westbrook and, and fit him into to this you know to this roster and especially next to LeBron and Anthony Davis and make this thing work. It's not going to be perfect. There there are going to be some severe flaws you have to work around. But am I crazy for thinking that the Lakers can actually make this thing work really well, both in the transition game and in and potentially in the half court offense? That last point that you made was going to be one of my first. When the Lakers won the title, they were deadly in transition. Um, it wasn't necessarily the frequency they got out, but every time they were in transition, they scored. <clears throat> this team's going to play fast as hell with uh, LeBron and Russ. Um, it's going to be interesting, too, because they're going to have two guys in LeBron and Russ who can just rebound and go. And, like, um, Alex Regula did a really good piece today for Silver Screen and Roll that looked at one specific thing being um, kind of how Anthony Davis will, like you mentioned, will kind of flourish next to Russ. Like, <clears throat> he had a couple different stats in there, but... By far, Russ has the most assists on effectively like dump off passes to bigs mm-hmm. um, around the rim, and there's just so many different kind of ideas that um, run through my mind. One of the first things I thought of um, when I was trying to starting to think about how this will all fit is how many times have we seen AD contest a shot at the top of the key, leak out. He has a guard on him, and it's always LeBron who's able to find him Mm -hmm. on those long outlets. Russ is going to be just as capable of doing that now. Um, And there were a couple different clips that Alex had in there about how how that will work this season. Um, So it's going, as you said, AD floats a lot. Um, this one, I mean, actually I do think Russ's kind of intensity he's always going to bring will help, mm-hmm. but he's also going to make his life a lot easier right. in getting him open looks. Um, so that kind of that aspect, um, Russ hasn't had a big man like, uh, AD, AD I mean, there aren't many point guards like Russ. Um, So AD definitely hasn't had a point guard like him. There's just so many different ways um, this is going to work. I mean, you mentioned as well, I always thought one of the biggest, maybe the biggest non-LeBron AD strength of that title team was their chemistry, Mm -hmm. um, which you mentioned. Teammates love Russ. Like, as you said, that is going to be a huge strength this year. It again, I'm not in the locker room, so it's just what we saw. It never felt like like that with this last Laker team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the it'll be interesting to see what type of guys they bring in. Dwight has already been a part of this team. Brad Turner, as we're recording this, had a report come out right before we went out that Dwight is open to a return. I would, I think he'll be back. I do too. Uh, and 
I mean, you get guys like that who, stunningly, Dwight was a great chemistry guy <laughs> when he was here, which is not something I would have even said. Yeah, him, him and JaVale both ago. were really, really good in that respect. Yeah, it's not even something I would have said three years ago, let alone um, a decade ago when he was here, basically. Yeah. So um, there's just so many different ways. Like, I'm excited once this all calms down to kind of look at ways they can use Russ. You know, LeBron loves doing like those, uh, doing the matchup hunting, having a, a guard come and set a screen to get him switched. If they mess up the switch and then you have Russ uh, kind of short rolling at the free throw line playing three on four mm-hmm. uh, or four on three, excuse me. And it's stuff like that where like, I'm fascinated to see how these all these things are going to fit. Um, there's a lot of concerns. Like, they're going to have to find a lot of shooting in this in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to find some defense, but I think they're the and this is with like every transaction, and I think this is particular to Russ of late too, is just jumping at all the negatives about him. Um, his negatives are loud. His positives are loud. Um, if the Lakers can build on those positives, like they have a really fascinating team, um, like on paper, at least going into the, or a really fascinating core, I should say going into next season. Yeah, and one one thing that I've thought about during this this whole process is I kind of think back to to Rajon Rondo. I mean, two years ago, kind of a similar. I mean, obviously not you know same caliber of player, same type of player, but had some similar flaws that defenses really game planned around. Where we thought you know Rondo, who did not look good really for most of the regular season. You know, we heard about playoff Rondo, playoff Rondo, and I was, you know, of the mindset, hey, I'm going to believe it when I see it because the regular season version has not been good. And then in the playoffs, you know, he wasn't great every game, but he had some really brilliant games that helped push the Lakers to another championship. And that's with, you know, teams sagging off of him and daring him to shoot and all this stuff. And the Lakers found ways to get him the ball in positions to create offense either for himself by going to the rim or going – um, and creating for others. So, you know, I've had a handful of ideas just for how how the Lakers could incorporate Russ offensively. Um, obviously, you know, the thing with Russ, too, is, like, teams have known for, you know, what, a decade plus uh, that he, he can't shoot, right, from the three-point line. If he, you know, he can – he's going to make probably three out of ten on, 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 a, on a probably a decent day. Um, but – he still finds ways to get to the to the rim, even though teams are playing him to drive all the time. Like he's just such a freak athletically and physically that sometimes it doesn't matter. And I think you can do some things with him, like off the ball. I, you know, one thing one thing that was brought up that I thought was interesting and I could see is like even something simple like running LeBron AD pick and rolls, and you have Russ in the dunker spot, right? So like you can do a number of things. I think you could do. Um, you can do Russ AD pick and rolls uh, with kind of LeBron as a slasher potentially. You could have uh, Russ and LeBron pick and rolls. You could do inverted pick and rolls and have LeBron uh, have Russ come screen for him because, like you, I mean, you, you kind of brought that up, Jacob. Like th- that type of pick and roll can put a defense really in a bind because, like, if you switch that, it's like okay, well, you're having a point guard now guard LeBron. Like, good mm-hmm. good luck defending that drive. Um, and, and if you don't, yeah, like you can hit, you know, Russ kind of on the short roll, like you said, and you've created a four on three with presumably with AD around the basket as a potential lob threat um, or, you know, maybe open for three or whatever. Like AD is such a, you know, such a utility that you can do just so many things with him. Um, but you can create those advantages. You can do the same thing with LeBron, hitting LeBron in the short roll. And then with a four on three, he's going to make the right read 99 out of 100 times. And... You can just you. Can, there's a lot of things that you can do in the half court. It is going to be tricky because in the playoffs you're going to see, you know, teams play the Lakers like we saw Denver two years ago, where they just packed the paint and waited for LeBron to drive. 
Um, and then last year with the, the Suns, uh, they just packed the paint and waited for LeBron to drive and nobody could hit shots. So it is going to be important for the Lakers to get, at the very least, guys that will generate some perimeter gravity. You know, that's that's the term that I've seen brought up a few times that I really like, is that even if they're not hitting shots, if they can create spacing because they have reputation as a shooter, that's going to free up so many different things. Um, and, you know, there was talk about Buddy Heald right before this deal got done. Um, you know, Jacob, you and I talked about kind of going conspiracy theory on how this deal could possibly get expanded. I'm still convinced that this deal is going to get expanded to involve a third team, if not more. Um, but that's that's a discussion for another podcast. But um, if the Lakers can just get one or two knockdown shooters that they can kind of put in these lineups, I think it opens up a lot of things for them. And, man, this Lakers team is going to put so much pressure on the rim that – I think that they could potentially wear a lot of teams out with how relentless they are. With Russ, LeBron, AD, they can just put so much pressure attacking the basket. And then not to mention Taylor Horton Tucker, too, is going to attack like crazy as well. So, um, yeah, man, I I think NBA Twitter in general has kind of been almost brainwashed into thinking that every player that's on the floor has to be a sharpshooter. Right, mm-hmm. they've got to be a forty percent three point shooter, or you can't have them out there. And there's just so many different aspects to the game of basketball that you don't. Yeah, you want to have shooting, obviously. You want to have space. You want to have that three point threat. But there's just so many different things that you can do that really don't have much to do with perimeter shooting. Like we talked about perimeter gravity. A guy like Russ, even when defenses are gearing up for him to drive, still generates like that internal gravity, I guess, for if, if you want to call where he's just going to bring that defense in because he, he's able to continue to get to the basket and get inside and penetrate def- uh, penetrate uh, a defense, and then he can kick it out to shooters. And Russ, man, AD is going to have a monster season, I think, efficiency-wise, because AD or with LeBron and, and Russ setting him up, he's going to have so much better looks because I think last year was the, the lowest percentage of shots around the basket that he's had in his entire career. And some of that was on him, you know, coming in with the short offseason, maybe out of shape or whatever, or just tired. So I think that's going to change in a big way this year. And I, I think there's a lot of ways that the Lakers can incorporate Russ. It is going to be tricky because of the, the shooting. And I don't think, I mean, the shot selection is going to be an issue at times because it, it's been that way his whole career. I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as it's been in the past. I think with guys like LeBron and AD on the team, I, I think that kind of minimizes some of those, you know, 30-foot pull-up threes with 18 on the shot clock kind of shots, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm i not overly worried about how they're going to incorporate it, and I feel like they probably went into that those negotiations with ideas of how they were going to incorporate him into the offense. Uh, hopefully he can, you know – play good defense because Russ has not probably has not been a good defender for at least a few years. Um, I don't know, honestly, when the last time maybe he was, but um, LeBron and AD are going to be good defensively. I mean, AD is going to be great defensively, but um, I I have a feeling these guys are all going to hold each other accountable on both ends of the floor. And I think Russ can be a good defender. It's a matter of his mindset. Like his mindset is going to make this whole thing work. Uh, if he if he doesn't you know change the way he's he's gonna play, then it's an issue. But I think the fact that you know those three all sat down and said, okay, this is what I need to sacrifice. This is what you need to sacrifice. And AD prime example of saying I'll play the five more because he's been very reluctant to do that in the regular season. Um, I think just goes to show that these guys really want to make it work. And I think that's all I needed to hear to have confidence that these guys are gonna be able to to figure it out together. Yeah, I mean, just building on that last point, like LeBron has been a a four that wants to play the three, and AD has been a five that wants to play the four Mm -hmm. for quite a while now. And the fact that both of them have come into this uh, like partnership, basically, and just right away have said, all right, we'll, we'll move to our position. Like... If they're doing that, then there has to be some some give and take with Russ as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I haven't put a lot of thought into like 
well, if Rush just does this this year type of, like, if he just changes this, because, like, he is who he is. He's not going to change his game. Um, if he does, like, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But, um, like, you kind of have to live with the good and the bad. I think there's a pretty good argument that the bad will be mitigated because LeBron is not like a teammate he's had. He might He's he's had – I mean, he played with Durant. Like, he's played with guys as – kind of talented Mm -hmm. but um i mean lebron's a a pretty vocal guy like um so i could see an argument for that but i haven't really put a lot of thought or um value into that but i mean my thought with this team is it's going to be one built for the playoffs um i mean just they're going to just have enough sheer talent that they're they're going to win however many games, 55 games, whatever it is, 50, 55 games. Um, but I think this is going to be a team that's built for kind of the long haul in the playoffs. Um, Pete and Darius did a pod, a Laker filmer and pod, uh, which if you've listened to it, I hope you laughed as much as I did because obviously Pete cannot mention right. uh, <laughs> the, a certain player's name. So I figured that's why like, Mike just didn't hop on because he's like i can't say anything anyways yeah so uh there was a lot of illusions by pete um this type of player would be yada (laughs) yada yada uh it was really funny but they i mean it was a good discussion about kind of a third star and what this team um could look like and they made a good point that i mean once the playoffs come around and you're in a playoff series and you're able to focus on a specific team Defense usually, in general, just improves. Like, even average defenders. Like, once you know what a team is going to do, their tendencies, um, it's just being focused enough to expect those things. Mm. Um, So, in general, defense improves. And the Lakers are kind of building this team to be bigger, faster, stronger, which was uh, what – basically what their title team was. Um I think in a lot of ways they realized what made that title team the best in the league and what they went away from. And based on the people that they are linked to, it seems like they're going back toward that. Um, We'll see in the coming days if that's the case in free agency, but that's kind of the sense I've gotten. Um, And so it's going to be interesting you mentioned Russ as a playmaker again in Alex's piece. He, he showed it. And this has been the case with LeBron too. Like for all the flaws that Russ has, like everybody knows he's not going to, he's not a good three point shooter. And for the most part, he just doesn't take them. Um, but like the, the piece or the, the play Alex showed, was Russ kind of slowly backing a guy down in the mid post and four sets of eyes were on him. And he immediately just shoots a pass to the opposite wing for a three pointer. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be stuff like that, um, which we've seen LeBron do, but uh, you're basically doubling that now, like um, between LeBron and Russ, like there aren't many times that a ball, the ball handler on the court, is not going to have that kind of attention. Um, and that that's as much mentally exhausting as it is anything is physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, so just all these things, I, I, I just really get the sense that this is going to wear, um, wear teams down. Um, I don't know how it'll look. I, I really, last season, this is just kind of a more bigger approach I took, but like it ultimately didn't matter because the Lakers were so injured in the playoffs. They barely looked like themselves, but I didn't really put a lot of um, like value in the wins and losses in the regular season. It was always Mm -hmm. kind of the process because that's ultimately what Frank Vogel and his staff were prioritizing. Um, which we saw, we all got mad, myself included, that first year with all those 
Anthony Davis mid-range jumpers, and it was driving everybody nuts. And then he went into the bubble and made literally all of them. And he was used to it. The team was used to it because that's what they had done the entire season. And it's stuff like that where this team just kind of builds reps in the regular season so that they're prepared to do just about anything in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you saw every series felt like a, a different, like a vastly different series. Like that Portland series was way different from that Houston series, which was way different from that Denver series. So, like, I think this is going to be that type of team where um, you're going to be able to – learn how to attack. I mean, between LeBron and Russ, you have two of the smartest ball handlers and decision makers in the league right now. Um, They're going to learn. They're going to get reps. They're going to figure out how to um, attack and come playoffs. It's going to hopefully shine through. And I, I, I have a, a, a story I'm going to do. It's probably not going to come until after free agency into August, but a lot of the premise is when the playoffs come around, like it's more that the last three teams to win the title are the bucks this year, the Lakers and the Raptors. None of them shot above 35% from three in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of to your point where the idea is that everybody needs to be shooting needs to be a shooter and spacing and shooting is the, is the way to win a title. I'm not saying it's not going to win you a title like those Warriors teams did it, but there's equal amount of evidence, if not more, that if you're able to just kind of bludgeon teams, which is what those Lakers did, I think that's what the Bucks were doing by the end of the, the finals mm-hmm. and just wear teams down. Like that's a recipe for success. So I that's what this team's going to be able to do in in the talk about i mean yeah you would like a a point guard that can shoot next to next to lebron um but i mean they won a title with like you said with rondo at point guard like he became steph curry in the bubble but he (laughs) never had that shooting gravity that you mentioned Mm -hmm. like even when he was burying three-pointers teams were saying okay i dare you to make it and he just kept making them but they were able to succeed kind of in spite of him ever having that gravity so yeah similar uh, spatial issues yeah exactly and and him and caruso were probably the two point guards that played the most with lebron during that stretch and caruso was was the same like they didn't respect that so i mean yeah you would love shooting and the lakers are going to get shooting and the lakers need some shooting but this is also an argument that I think you made early on that I'm not going to kind of do these grand overarching takes about this team when there's five guys on the roster and only four of them are really going to even play anyway. So, um, but what this core is, is a, a step toward, like I said, that bigger, faster, stronger approach, a step toward what won them the title 10 months ago it's wild 10 months ago the lakers won the title and the only two people still on the team are lebron and ad yeah i mean assuming um alex caruso is not brought back which i'm not confident that he's going to be brought back um i guess Taylor was on that team but like starting at six o'clock on monday the only guys that are going to be on the roster are going to be lebron and ad yeah it's crazy like like I said, assuming Alex Caruso is not brought back, because I, you know, sorry to break it to people, I just I don't think he's going to be. Um, I hope hope to be wrong on that because I love Caruso. Uh, I just I'm not confident he'll be back based on what we've been hearing. But um, that would make LeBron, I think, the longest tenured Laker on this team, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, signed in 2018, but uh, yeah, like you said, Jacob, I, that's clearly kind of I think the identity that the Lakers have or, or the vision that they have for this team is bigger, faster, stronger. Um, and they just want to really wear teams out, apply a ton of um, pressure on the rim. And, I mean, you mentioned, like, Giannis against the the Suns, man. They just had nobody for him, and he just relentlessly kept putting pressure on the rim, and they had nothing for it, nothing for it. And I, I think, you know, Phoenix, it, it seemed like they kind of wore down as that series went along, which was crazy because, I mean, the first three 
series they they played a team without their one of their two best players each time so um kind of weird that they lost the the first series that they finally played a team that was healthy anyways uh you know we laker fans i think all have kind of ptsd right from that series though against the suns where the suns dared guys to to shoot threes left them open and the lakers were just throwing up bricks right it was just clank after clank after clank and one thing I think that that did was overlook another glaring need for the Lakers, and that was getting playmaking outside of LeBron. Like the non-LeBron minutes, um, I guess probably more so the lo- the non like when LeBron was out due to injury. When Dennis played, they still had some playmaking with him and and Taylor Horton Tucker. That's those two combined though. Last year are not anything compared to what Russ is going to do playmaking wise for this team. And it was it was a big thing in the playoffs too though is that when LeBron went out, man, the offense just plummeted. It just tanked cuz they didn't have that that point of attack um offensive guy that can create um offense for himself and for others. And with with Russ, you get one of the best guys in the league for that. So like the non-LeBron minutes now are going to be so much better. Like if you you stagger it correctly, you could have Russ out there kind of with with some of the second unit guys, and they might not skip a beat. Like, I would anticipate if they, they stagger that correctly and, um, you know, get the right guys to fill out this roster, which they're going to. I have very little doubt about that. Because one thing that you get, and we saw this with Brooklyn last year, when you get three stars on a team, veterans are going to line up and sign a veteran minimum minimum deal to go chase a ring. Um, yeah. especially in Los Angeles, man, and playing for the Lakers. you're on the, And it's LeBron and AD. Yeah. Who just who won a title together already. Yeah, and, like, you're, you know, you get to showcase for possibly your next contract. Like a guy like DeMar DeRozan, you know, a lot of people think, you know, it's unfathom, unfathomable that he's going to take the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is just south of $6 million. And it's like, you know, I mean, DeMar is, is from L.A., so, you know, he'd, it'd be a chance for him to, to come back home. But maybe he takes a one-year deal, tries to get a ring, and then, you know, worries about getting getting paid. But, like, guys are going to line up to take less money to to try and win a ring uh, on this team. You know, when you have the th- three stars, man, it, it just becomes so much easier. We saw it with Brooklyn last year. We're going to see it this year in free agency that, that uh, Brad Turner – report that you had mentioned that was a long list of, of veteran guys that sounded very uh willing to to join on uh with with these three and to to go ring chase and it's you know we see it all the time we see it all the time and we saw it kind of with you know the warriors there when they when they started um the the heat when with lebron and, and Dwayne wade and chris bosh uh, laker teams in the past i mean it didn't work out in 20 in 2004 but Lakers got Carl Malone and Gary Payton to sign on for cheap deals to try and chase a ring. Like it's not it's not something that's new, and especially with with three guys already established, uh, the Lakers are going to have their pick of, of of these these guys trying to chase a ring. So um, I have little little doubt in in Rob Palenka filling out this roster and getting the pieces that they need. But um, so I, I would anticipate they're going to get they're going to really target some shooting to to create space for these guys. But man, they solved one of the the most underrated, probably the biggest or the most underrated need was getting another playmaker outside of LeBron. Uh, Dennis did that somewhat, but like I said earlier in this pod, I think they were done with him after that game five and just some of the stuff that he did throughout the season, being on the COVID protocol twice and uh, all despite that. claiming he didn't have COVID. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. That was a big big deal to get somebody that can create plays outside of LeBron. So LeBron doesn't have to do it all um, because he is, he is getting much older and you want to try and lighten the the load for him. And um, I think AD is really going to thrive with, with having both of those guys. But I think Russ is going to create a lot of good looks for him. So Um, here's my question to you. I pose this elsewhere over under joint triple doubles by LeBron and Russ at 1.5. I'm going to say over. See, I do. I would too. It's a wild sentence or wild uh, to take the over because it's only happened, I want to say, four or five times. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, Lonzo and LeBron did it, mm-hmm. and that was the last time. And before that, it had been 20 years almost since it had happened. Um, I, yeah, I, I think those two, as you said, are going to be staggered a whole bunch. I would not imagine there's going to be a minute where LeBron or one of LeBron or Russ are not on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, things like whoever's playing with that second unit is going to rack up those assists. And I, uh, yeah, I would take the over. I would say it will happen like two, three, four times this year, but uh, it is wild that that is even like in question because, uh, yeah, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, four of the last five years, Russ has averaged a triple double for the season, and like, which is insane. Like, I had tweeted that when I was working on that article you mentioned, just going back and looking at his, at his stats, like. Sorry to cut you off, but like it is just wild that like this thing that nobody did for Oscar did it in that '68, I think mm-hmm. nobody did it for fifty some years, and then he's done it three of the last four years or four of the last five years. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, and last year, like it's not like he you know barely did it. I mean, he averaged twenty two, eleven point five, and eleven point seven, like. That's not like barely averaging a triple double. Like that's doing it almost easily. So, uh, you know, Russ, for as bad as his flaws can be at times, is still a very special special talent and a very 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 good player. And I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I know he's excited. Like seeing his Instagram story, man. All the like welcome back posts. You could tell that he's thrilled to be back in LA. And um, I'm excited, man. I hope. I hope the Lakers can get him a ring because uh, I've always, you know, there, there's times where Westbrook kind of makes you roll your eyes with some of the decision-making and stuff like that, but I, I've always respected Westbrook's tenacity, his competitive drive, all that stuff, man. He is just, he's one of the most intense players, and uh, Kobe always highlighted Russ as kind of like just being a different animal as a competitor and always respected and loved that about him, so um I hope Russ can can come home and, and get a ring. I think that would be really, really cool. And I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to, to watching these three work because if, if they think they can make it work, then I'm, I'm, I got full trust in them, full faith in them, and um, it's going to be really, really fun. So uh, free agency is going to be really fun too. Free agency is going to be really fun to see how they uh, build out this roster because there's going to be lots of rumors flying around. And uh, I still think this trade gets expanded on a little bit, um, if not uh, – kind of drastically almost but we'll have to wait and see because obviously they can't mention Dennis Schroeder in any kind of sign and trade until free agency opens up uh, because of what happened last year with Bogdanovich and Milwaukee that trade got got nixed because they <laughs> leaked it too early because uh, you're not allowed way to, too early yeah you're not allowed obviously to I mean you're not legally allowed to talk to uh, free agents and talk about signing them or signing and acquiring them via sign and trade uh, when, you know, they're still officially under contract with another team. So um, let's uh, jump to the chat uh, to kind of round this thing out. Um, We'll have plenty more to talk about. Uh, Free agency is just a couple days away. Uh, That was one of the questions. I believe free agency starts 6 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, August 2nd, correct? Yes. Okay. So that's when free agency starts. That was one of the questions. Uh, a couple names that have been thrown out, Carmelo, uh, Carmelo Anthony, which is also a possibility. Obviously, he's very close with LeBron um, and could bring some shooting. Uh, Jake and I talked about him before we went on, uh, shot the ball extremely well last year and uh, would be another one of those kind of big bodies. Uh, you know, we talk about bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, Melo is definitely big and strong uh, for sure. So um, we'll, we'll have to see on that. DeRozan, I think, is, is a guy to keep an eye on as well. Um, there, there's definitely some interest on the Lakers side. I do know that for, for a fact, uh, it's a matter of his, if he's willing to leave some money on the table and, and come back home to try and win a ring. So I actually think you'd asked me to, what, two years ago before Melo signed with the Blazers. I, I would imagine LeBron was probably campaigning for that and the Lakers were saying no. I think he would actually be a good addition now because it seems like he is finally embraced that his main role is going to be a shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shot well, like that's never been an issue. So um, especially in the role he would play with the Lakers coming off the bench, um, 
I wouldn't be against it. Like I, there are certainly a lot worse options in free agency. I just had like a thought of like, imagine a lineup, a Lakers lineup in 2021 or 2022 that includes like Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard. Like, yeah, they, I I joked in our slack, our silver screen and roll slack that the Lakers are currently attempting to build the best team from 2012 and 2021. <laughs> Imagine if they won a title with like those five guys. That would be so awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd be open to Melo um, for, for the reasons we, we talked about. I mean, brings that, that shooting, that spacing, um, good veteran presence, big body, all that stuff, man. Bring, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it. Um, let's see, I like the trade, but AD needs to play more five for sure. Yeah, and that's something we, we definitely agree on. It sounds like something he, he agrees on. Uh, one name, somebody said, go get Wayne Ellington. Um, that was uh, mentioned in Brad Turner's report that Ellington is interested in returning. And I think a lot of guys are going to be very interested in, in joining on with these guys. So uh, It kind of works both ways in that, like, the Lakers need shooters. The shooters know that if they come to LA, they're going to get a lot of playing time. So and a lot of wide open looks. Yeah, like you yeah, exactly. For all those things we just mentioned, like the shooters are gonna want to come to LA. Yeah, I'd imagine somebody uh, Wayne Ellington, Reggie Bullock, um some guys like that. Yeah, I would imagine they have a lot of interest in coming to LA. Yeah, hundred percent. Um <laughs> I already see Matt Mazine down there campaigning for Mello in the chat. Matt, uh, I love you, man. We don't have Teddy on this this pod, though, so I don't know what, the, what you're doing here. The one player from Syracuse I can somewhat stand <laughs> is Mello. Uh, Jim Beheim wouldn't have a title if it wasn't for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, carried that man. He made his legacy. All right, Matt, you're getting ahead of yourself. You need to calm down. Um <laughs> Let's see. Uh, only teammate who hated Russ was KD. Um, yeah, probably. And I mean, KD. I would say would still even be a strong word on that. Yeah, too. just didn't they didn't mesh like stylistically, and sometimes that can you know lead to. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say hate. I think there was always a respect there, but it just that that relationship obviously kind of fizzled out at the end. Uh, yeah. Somebody said we need to get something for Dennis Schroeder. That is a very, uh, it is a possibility. Uh, we've kind of looked at kind of the the market for point guards. There's a lot of good point guards in the free agent market, and not a lot of teams to fill uh, all those spots. So, what might be in the best interest for Dennis and the Lakers is negotiating a sign and trade, which is why I, I'm still not overly convinced that he's not involved in this trade somehow. Uh, signing and trading him maybe to a third team that that could use his services and help him get paid a little bit more than he would on the free agent market because there's not a lot of a lot of suitors out there for him. I am less. <clears throat> I don't even know what the word like. I don't think I think this rush trade is done. Like I mainly because I would be stunned if three different teams like the assuming it's like the Kings or whatever the third team is. Them, the Wizards, and the Lakers were all able to have zero leaks about this. Um, and we meant you mentioned beforehand, like maybe what happened to the Bucks last year scared people off from doing that. It's possible, uh, but still, I would be stunned if so many people kept quiet. Um, but yeah, I Dennis's market like has. Has anybody made a worse free agent mis- or like, I guess, contractual mistake than Dennis turning down that four-year, eighty-four million dollar deal? The only guy I could think at, back in the day was KCP turning down. I think it was five yeah. years, ninety million, which he recouped recouped a lot of yeah. that money anyways. But yeah, Dennis does not look great turning down that offer now. Yeah, KCP eventually like we threw him enough one-year deals, and then he signed a decent, pretty decent, uh, I think, three-year deal. He recouped a lot of that money. Dennis right now, man, like, I don't know what his market's going to be because, as you said, there's a lot of free agent point guards and the amount of teams that need him. He's in this weird, like, middle spot because, like, he's not the piece that's going to push a title contender over the top, and he's too old to be a part of a rebuilding team. Yeah. So, like, finding a team and a situation that suits him is going to be tough because, like, 
I just don't know. I, I, I've tried to kind of think of a sign-and-trade, and I'm sure one exists and one will probably come up. Um, but, like, a lot of people point to New York. New York basically has enough cap space for, like, one big signing. Is Dennis Schroeder really going to be that signing? Um, I think they'd rather punt until next offseason. Yeah. And so maybe they give him, like, a one-year prove-it deal. Just a, like we did, with, like the Lakers did with KCP. That, that's entirely possible. And maybe that's ultimately what happens with Dennis wherever he goes is it's a one-year deal where he just has to prove that he's better away from the this Lakers situation. But otherwise, man, like he – I just don't really know what, what's out there for him. It's going to be really interesting to try to find a team that wants him and – has like salaries that could make it work in a sign and trade as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's just a surplus of of kind of lead guards um, on yeah. the market right now, and not enough teams to go after all of them. So I'll be interested to see how how free agency shakes out for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he works on a sign and trade to a team that doesn't necessarily have the cap space um, to to work out a deal that that is beneficial to all sides. So. Uh, we had somebody ask, "What specifically excites you with Braun, AD, and Russ? What are you, or what are you most excited about?" Um, just like the level of intensity those guys are going to play at, and the fact that, knock on wood, if everybody can get their stuff together, that it's going to come in front of a a packed Staples Center, and I'm going to admit, like, I'm going to love the moments when Russ is just explodes down the lane for a dunk and Staples center erupts, just kind of those big, like explosive plays that those guys are going to have. Yeah. I think I'm most excited about them uh, holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy together. (laughs) No, in all honesty, probably the thing I'm most excited about is the transition game with those three, uh, with AD rim runs. Um, Like you said, like you mentioned, Jacob, you know, Russ, grabbing a rebound because he is a great rebounding guard and and getting you know the ball up ahead to ad leaking out or you know lebron leading the break with russ on the on the wing or vice versa uh their transition game is going to be lethal and it's going to be really exciting and yeah they they're going to be very explosive so i'm looking forward to the transition game probably most uh out of out of all of it but I'm, i'm excited for those three to to get to work together if you want a specific, like, one specific thing I'm excited for, Russ throwing a lob to LeBron on the fast break. Yes. I'm I'm, I'm all the way there ready for it. Just give me all the lobs. All of them. Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, one, let's see, a couple names people brought up was Kent Bazemore and Nerlens Noel. Noel, I could see. Um, I think he stays in New York. He, yeah. He was really important to that team. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he stays there. I mean, I wouldn't be overly surprised if he signed with the Lakers because I think he's clutch as well. Um, but I think the Lakers, if they get Dwight Howard, they, they're not going to have a need really for, for Nerlens. I think uh, wasn't Nerlens – yeah, Nerlens fired clutch because he's the other guy who turned down a big uh, extension and then went into free agency and didn't get anything – close to he turned down the big extension i believe with okc um and then he signed like a one-year five million dollar deal and fired clutch um oh interesting i would i would that was back in 2020 maybe late 2020 um i would be surprised if they fired him but also, I think the Morris brothers had fired Clutch or something. I don't know. I'd be surprised for a lot of reasons in Nerlens Noel. Bazemore, I don't know. He was kind of useful with the Warriors, but I guess he did shoot 40% from three. I, I don't know if that if I trust that. It, I mean, if he's going to be that level shooter, then yeah, that's fine. I, I would be open to that. He's the type of player they need, but... Mm. I would probably put him a bit further down. I would want some more trusted shooters before I would go after baseball. Yep. Uh, shooters and probably size on the wing, I think, um, are, are what the Lakers kind of need right now. Because uh, that was one thing you did lose with Kuzma was his size as a defender on the wing. Um, and as, as my, many issues as I had with Kuzma, um, I, I'm very appreciative of everything he did for, for the Lakers. 
uh, was a very good late first round pick for them and helped them. You know, he was a, a role player on a title team. Um, they're going to miss his size on the wing, um, definitely defensively, unless they're able to replace that. So, uh, last question is from our boy Matt, who says, "If the Lakers sign Demar, can you play Russ, LeBron, and Demar together?" No, we were we were talking about that before we went live. Um, I would be again, maybe I'm just being pessimistic about all this. I would be surprised if Demar turned down twenty million dollars to sign like whatever the mini mid level or the taxpayer mm-hmm. mid level. That's a lot of money to give up. Maybe he does it for a year to try to win a title, and then goes and signs another contract. If he signs, it's gonna be like he's not a great fit, but he's so talented that you can't really say no to that. Um, but. I think he would be like a sixth man. I, yeah, it'd be an odd fit. I don't think you can play Russell Brown and Demar together, but I also think basically at all times you're going to have two of Russ, Demar, LeBron, and AD on the court, which is wild. Like that's gonna that would be so much talent, but I don't think you could play them together. No. See, I think you could in spurts. I don't know if you'd be able to do it like consistently just because of, you know, the the spacing issues, but there would it would be a ton of playmaking, it'd be a ton of athleticism. Um, there there are ways I think you could get you could squeeze some juice out of that. Um, especially if guys are willing to make some sacrifices in how they play because DeMar has basically been a point guard uh, the last couple of years and has has been good. Um more is a, almost a point forward. Yeah. So, um I think there's some some ways that you could make it work at, at times. You'd have to stagger some lineups and stuff. And if you're going to have those three out there, the other two have got to be able to space the floor. Uh, so whether it's Anthony Davis, you know, kind of roaming on the three-point line with another shooter out there, uh, yeah, it would kind of depend on the pieces around him too. So, um, hey, I'm, I'm all for trying it to find out. I mean. Yeah, I'd love to find out. Let's just come, lean all the way in on this. Come, come <laughs> sign De, uh, DeMar and – We'll certainly try and figure out if we can play all you guys together. Yeah, let's let's just get the talent and figure it out later. Um, okay, I lied. One more question and another comment. Somebody said Reggie Bullock could be a KCP replacement. We we mentioned him I think before we went on uh, as a, as a possibility. Um, that is yes. another guy to keep an eye on. Um, and the last question was if we were to sign and trade Dennis, do we trade him for quantity or quality? Well, that's interesting. Um... I don't know that I would necessarily have a preference. I'm almost thinking you take uh, what you can get. Yeah, I don't... For the reasons we said, I don't know that the Lakers can be picky. Um, that's actually interesting, because there's a pretty good argument for both. I mean, as we said, there's five guys on the roster right now, so yeah. um, if you can get a couple role players that can play in a rotation, I certainly wouldn't say no to that. Um, that's interesting. I, I would probably say I would still probably say quality but I certainly wouldn't be mad if they got a couple of decent role players back yeah and that would be the tricky part with a sign and trade with Dennis is you'd have to I mean essentially match salary so it kind of depends on what his his number would be um plus the team that's going to get him would also trigger a hard cap um so you're finding a team that's willing to do that which some teams it doesn't really it doesn't matter too much for um, because they don't want to spend a crazy amount of money anyways. But um, it's an excuse not to go deep into the luxury tax, right? So some teams might be open to doing that, but I would probably say quantity just because or quality just because um, I think there's going to be no shortage of, of veteran players that are ready to sign for the Lakers or sign with the Lakers for cheap and, and ring chase. So. Uh, I don't think they're going to have an issue with quality or quantity. I think so. <laughs> if they can get quality in whatever areas that they possibly can, um, the more the merrier. So, um, all right, man, we had a pretty good, uh, pretty good audience watching this today. So I thank you guys so much for for tuning in and and jumping in the chat and bringing the questions. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for free agency. I'm excited to see what Rob Polinka's got up his sleeve because I feel like he's got. A specific vision and i think they're gonna 
be able to get a lot of guys that join on with with these three uh, superstars that they have, and um, I'm I'm ready for it. Like we got basically one more day to get through, uh, just get through Sunday, and then Monday uh, it, it's on, it's on. Everything kind of opens up, and the dominoes will start to fall, and I'm I'm ready to see how uh, rosters fill out because uh, I mean, assuming the Lakers have just a solid free agency and everything. I mean, with the Clippers not having Kawhi for most, if not all, of next year, it feels like the West is, is theirs for the taking. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, we're, we're hitting August right now and, uh, what, October, the, the season starts back up again. So uh, another pretty quick off season, but I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for it. So It's a lot different when we uh, were the team that lost in the first round. Versus the team that won the title, I'm sure Bucks fans don't were just like us last year and don't want this off season ever to end. Right? We didn't even get an off season. It's like we blinked and it was uh, time to time to play some more. So, all right, guys, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, Jacob, I want to thank you for tuning in. As I mentioned uh, earlier in the pod, you can find Jacob's work over at Silver Screen or Roll. Um, they're they're building kind of a, a super team of their own over there, and they got just a ton of great content. Uh, I will never give Harrison Fagan credit just because uh, he's my, <laughs> my, my arch nemesis. Um, but uh, Andy's a bad driver. That too. That too. A horrible driver. Horrible driver. So, um, but no, Silver Screen Roll has great Lakers content. Jacob's over there and always always brings good stuff. So, um, thank you guys that tuned in, jumped in the chat. As always, we do these live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders, uh, over on facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders, and over on YouTube. So subscribe to us on all three of those platforms. They'll be uh, This will be up uh, Sunday on all the other uh, podcast platforms like Spotify, uh, Podbean, whatever, um, wherever you listen to them. So we're going to have plenty more to talk about, though, in the next week or so with free agency, and I'm looking forward to it. But Uh, Until that happens, uh, with Jacob Rude, I'm Gary Kessler with the Lakers Outsiders, signing off.